I forgot Peter's got the, well, the big, got the connections. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the consolation prizes that we give to guests. <laughs> Here's your lighter. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Do you like Bob Marley or for Bic? They always do a combined artists or a combined tray. But for the big ones, like Bob Marley, they get their own tray. There are a lot of artists out there that we've worked with that we've wanted to do uh, whole lighters with that just don't have any of their rights. Like Johnny Cash, no rights except for just like this one logo name. Someone owns like his face. That would have been a great lighter. They were like, can we get this one? Can we? I mean, there's a bunch of different ones. What do you mean? It's on the Google. Just that download doesn't... it and put it on the pick. <laughs> it's on the Google already. Right, right click save is what I've been told. <laughs> it's like an NFT. Right, just <laughs> right click save, paste, print. Our guest is Nick Manzo from IMG. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm at IMG right now. I've uh, been at IMG for about a year and a half. Before that, was at Seltzer Licensing Group, another kind of boutique licensing agency. So I've been in licensing for almost seven years now. Which is, is it really which, been which seven tough years? To believe, yeah. It's so I, I've I've hit ten, and I thought that was bad. And when did I start? Yeah, so I started September 2015 at Seltzer. Small plug for uh, Seltzer Licensing Group. So really got to know the ropes and just learn a lot at an organization where we were a lean team, but we were working with big companies like Unilever, um, which encompasses all of their CPG brands, whether that's Popsicle, Briars, Good Humor on the ice cream front. I think it's really funny that I didn't even think that I was doing this, but right behind you is the big Popsicle. (laughs) It's a pencil case that was done. That (laughs) That was my favorite part of coming over to Peter's house. Like when we were younger, his whole fridge down in the basement used to just be stocked with Popsicle and like Good Humor. Peter comes from a a nice family. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody that doesn't know, Broad Street Licensing Group used to uh, be the one that uh, represented Popsicle. And when the licensing show was not in Vegas, which it is now, it was at the Javits Center in New York, which is not too far from where we are here at Broad Street Studios. We would have so many Popsicle samples that we would just give out. And this was at the shows when when samples were a thing. I mean, when it came over to Vegas and I started to go to the show there, there used to be some samples that sort of died down over the years. And and then this past one, no samples whatsoever, Mm. except for the Mm. Tetris gummies that I got that are actually still here from the last episode. (laughs) Those those are fun. I got those. Those are the only samples I was able to get. But anyway, back to Popsicle, they would always have tons of boxes left of Popsicles and there is a downstairs freezer that we used to have that was just stock full of them. And so through my middle school years, that's how I actually have friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would be like, Hey, I got popsicles for free. Come on over. Well, that's the, that's a great part of the, the food licensing that, that we're, we're so, uh, I guess we know so well that you mm-hmm. just get a ton of, of, of great food samples. That's yeah. the best type of samples too, especially when you want to give them to friends when it's like food or beverage, oh, because yeah. everybody's interested in food or beverage. So it did work against Peter though, a little bit because he did wind up giving a whole bunch of his friend's diabetes and a lot of I thought yeah I know I thought you were gonna say he was like I, I only I've known <laughs> high Peter, risk high reward you know I've known Peter for whatever <laughs> we've known each other maybe for like five six years now something like that so I yeah. thought you were gonna say like he was like an obese child or something like that from all that <laughs> <laughs> I only know 
about him as no he just took out a whole community of kids with <laughs> diabetes it was great to, to be there for five six years then made the jump over to img where i'm at now as an associate director and overseeing brands such as energizer haribo candy comic-con guy fieri's flavor town brands have and, you and met the been, mayor himself i haven't gotten to meet the mayor just yet that's something that i was talking to, to you do. about this the other day but the guy fieri tequila that just came out i'm ecstatic about that i really want to try that on one of these episodes Trevor and i've been do, talking yeah, about what do you do george clooney has one too yeah we're gonna do yeah, a whole license alcohol we're gonna get so shit-faced and yeah. just <laughs> it's, it, i mean it's crazy to see like what people are getting their hands into these days dolly parton's another client of ours at img and, are you and she's me? done some some crazy stuff but so yeah, when's like her one of my favorite people out? on the planet I she's great love dolly parton have you ever gotten to meet her <laughs> i haven't gotten to meet any of the talent uh, yet. i think that happens when you get up to uh to vp or something dude, like yeah. that i'm not there dolly yet, parton but the new rules. vp of licensing at img <laughs> yeah. nick manson story time all right so baby ruth you know everybody thinks baby ruth okay that's the candy bar but from what i've heard is that it was based off babe ruth himself yeah it's about 100 years old now this story um got started in 1921 but it, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in terms of guy fieri and his tequila and, and dolly parton i think back in those days the call it celebrities of the day probably weren't as well versed in what makes their name image likeness so valuable so important in some companies like the Curtis Candy Company and whatever it is that created the the Baby Ruth bar, they they were a little bit more savvy in that way. But going back to, to 1921 is, is is really when this story started. Um, the Baby Ruth brand as a as a candy bar and and, and as a candy itself was really a reskin of of original candy. I believe it was something called the candy cake um, back candy in the time. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, nougat filled or whatever it was. Let me go down to the store and get me a candy cake bar for yeah. three I think, pennies. I think it was right. great. What was great too Half is. is I think when you when you read about the history of, of these candy bars, apparently they were marketed as full on meals and and, and healthy. Full on meals. They're so like, like this is a luncheon for five for a nickel for that's five hilarious. cents. It was like the OG Slim Fest. Get real skinny with get a baby all the Ruth calories bar. you need in one meal. Yeah, <laughs> one convenient bar. I would have loved to have known that when I was a kid, and then I could have said, "Hey, mom, I yeah. can eat it's a candy a bar because it's a meal. <laughs> it's a meal replacement. It's got all the daily vitamins and minerals I need: sugar." Carbohydrates, sugar, more chocolate. Sugar. So going back to, to 1921 and, and, and when this bar was created. So Candy Cake, it, it's a Chicago-based company, actually, uh, which is, is ironic because Babe Ruth, one of his most iconic home runs, his call his shot, happened against the Chicago Cubs. Um, <laughs> so ironic. They did um, it in spite. Yeah, <laughs> that, this was after. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny to see this story here. But yeah, Curtis Candy Company, based out of Chicago, had their Candy Cake, run-of-the-mill candy company, I guess, back then. And we were looking for ways to really spur up some business and build their business in, in, in a way that would bring them to the levels of whatever they want to be as, as a massive candy company in the U.S. back mm-hmm. then. So in 1921, they had the idea of reskinning their candy cake nougat bar into what is now the, the Baby Ruth bar. Where the story gets interesting is that this bar was named after Grover Cleveland's late daughter, uh, Ruth. So she was known as, as Baby Ruth. And this is kind of how they were saying inspired them. But at the time, he's seven years into his career. It's not even a question of is this the household name or, or is this maybe the beginning of, of Baby Babe Ruth's career and people don't know who it is. In, in 1921, you, you you release something called Baby Ruth. You're probably yeah. referring to the Sultan of Swat, the the, the great Bambino, um, kind of everything that you you know from the Sandlot. Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout, Babe, Babe Ruth! Ruth, the Great Bambino. 
was a, a household name at this point. So it, this is 1921 and, and, and the Baby Ruth bar gets released. People love it. I think folks are thinking, hey, this is a candy bar that my favorite baseball player loves or has some association to. And he has nothing to do with this. This mm-hmm. is from the Curtis Candy Company. It's pure marketing. Uh, you know? Apparently I named can, after. All I can picture is just like this German. Is Otto, right? Yeah. So Otto Furnish. Yeah. 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 All yeah, I no. can picture is him just being like, oh, yeah, no, it's not named. Oh, is there a baseball player named Babe Ruth? I had no idea. I named it after, you know, the president's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. Because uh, that isn't weird enough. Like, hey, I, I named my candy bar after after your daughter. Your sweet little I don't know you Ruth. at all. Like, I'm not a famous yeah, we'll candy get, maker. We'll get into, I think, just how Babe Ruth reacted and all that. But even oh, like from the, the Gro- even Grover Cleveland's family, I'm sure, like, I don't know if they had anything to like think about. And and keep in mind, their, their daughter Ruth died in 1904. Oh, um, fuck. So she's not even alive at this yeah. point. Can't even oh, say him. Oh, man. <laughs> I think we're going to name it. It's just even more weird. I'm going to name it after your dead daughter. Yeah, your dead daughter. <laughs> Sorry, she's dead. The baby Ruth launched and was apparently doing something close to a million dollars a month back in the day wow. at its highest. I don't know what that is in today's dollars, but... Uh, I mean, still like, still a lot, though. So even if it's like a million dollars... This was 19... I think that the heyday is, is maybe in, in the mid-20s. That would have been the equivalent of 14600000 today. Yeah, and that was a month. Wow, that's, one month? Yeah. It must have been really good. And I was reading that he he marketed, and, and, and what I understand of this story, he was dropping baby Ruth bars from airplanes with little parachutes on them as a marketing oh tactic. All so. these things that just would not happen today for safety <laughs> reasons. You could just get sued for like... Just, just imagine. flying around Chicago dropping little just baby <laughs> Ruth bars. Hucking candy at kids from <laughs> 10,000 feet. Takes a baby Ruth bars, a baby Ruth... The you Germans just hear are it coming. coming. <laughs> like a stupid just dive. This doesn't seem like the best kids. marketing tactic yeah. in terms of World War One. Yeah. Like it, it sounds very innocent enough, but also could be taken as they an act of war. had a little spiked helmet too on it when it came down to <laughs> the Kaiser. What was interesting to me is that for whatever reason, Babe Ruth doesn't catch on until, or doesn't care to catch on until 1926. So five years later, he's, he he really starts to say, "Hey, these guys are either using connection to me in some way, or I believe they are." I mean, how can you not think that? I I would think that Baby Ruth, Babe I Ruth. I mean, it's not. It's not as if it, he went by like Aaron Ruth. It's one or letter. Or Bill difference. Ruth. Yeah, it's yeah. literally one like, letter. <laughs> just, I feel like back in, I don't know. I don't know the Sandlot too well. I should know it a little bit better than I do as a baseball fan. But I feel like like Smalls in that in that movie like refers to Babe Ruth as he thinks Babe Ruth is Baby Ruth and is yeah. like a woman. Some lady gave it to him. Why? What? Baby? Uh, yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. He probably sees this candy launch and like doesn't really think anything of it or, or is like, whatever, they're probably not making how not long sure can this candy yeah, exactly, last yeah. exactly. he was too busy like drinking eating smoking cigars yeah. and like hanging out <laughs> <laughs> but then like care? today like ip lawyers uh intellectual property lawyers would just be all over that they're oh, i mean yeah. yeah they're on it before i i mean i was trying to think like even in today like what what is maybe something similar i've seen or or anything like that but i, I I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. But I, I just could don't just think imagine it could be if, if like a, a King bar came out now or something like that. And, and, and you're making a basketball theme and you're thinking of LeBron James and he's King James. And I feel like that LeBron-y would be shot down King, immediately. LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Baby James. Introducing the boss cereal. The Bronny bar. The boss, the E Street band. It comes with like little instruments and stuff. And like face it has it. nothing to do with Bruce Springsteen. You get, you get marshmallows of Steve Van Zandt's face. Like, <laughs> 
So for whatever reason, five years go by, and then, and then Babe Ruth finally gets a little bit smart to the, the the concept of, hey, someone's making a lot of money off of potentially my name. So he actually tries to release his own candy bar. So mm-hmm. he, he starts his own candy company called the George Ruth Candy Company. Oh, that was his first name, I think, right? <laughs> I know, but how do you go with a name that is not synonymous with everything that you're known for. You well, so, know? That, so that was the candy company. And then he had, they, they released the Babe Ruth candy bar. The Babe Ruth candy bar comes out as a similar type product the the caramel, the peanuts, the nougat, five cents. And Otto Churning's company, the Curtis Candy Company, is the ones who actually sue Babe Ruth. So they yeah, say, yeah, hey, yeah. you're infringing on our copyright, <laughs> oh our so trademark. So he, so. That's some gall. <laughs> The the company that is taking Babe Ruth's name essentially just automatically goes out and sues Babe Ruth. They're saying, yeah, you're 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 stealing our essentially our candy bar. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's that that's genius, but also the audacity and the and the bulls, yeah. the bulls see, on that. It, it, it's funny because like ba- smoking a cigar, <laughs> not saying anything, just kind of looking at him in like disbelief, like this fucking guy. Can you believe this shit? <laughs> and he's played. I mean. I think at, at this point he's he's been in, in the major league he's been in the league for he, he started his career started in 1914 this is 1926 12 years he's probably thinking about all right like what should i do after i can't eat hot dogs and smoke cigars and hit baseballs and all that you know the regular early mlb type of stuff yeah, he's, and he's just trying he's just trying to cash in on his his fame and he's like i'm gonna make this candy bar and and, and he gets the lawsuits I, I thought that was funny i mean i i thought for sure it would be some sort of case where babe ruth goes to them and then then and curtis candy company has to defend but in this case babe ruth is actually the defendant they essentially have a, an argument that the baby ruth bar is is a concept created by the curtis candy company this is where more of the story starts to come where they have to defend in court that again it's it's named after baby ruth the daughter of the, <laughs> the former president of the united states That's and such a stretch ultimately the, the the court rule in curtis candy company's favor saying that they're the, they were the first in the market with the the product that has nothing to do with babe ruth and, and, and babe ruth at this point needs to cease production of of his candy bar so the <laughs> oh, the, the courts and, and all of this process takes a while i think ultimately the ruling happens in 1931 or, or, or something like that but yeah at the end of the day um the, the courts ruled in, in curtis candy's company's favor to continue producing this this product i think what's funny too is is after this court case happens and the curtis candy company pretty much has i mean there's nothing that babe ruth can do at this point i mean they have yeah full reign and they've obviously grown a, a, a candy bar company out of that for <laughs> the next hundred years but in 1932 Babe Ruth has his famous called shot home run against the against the Cubs which is, is again which I was alluding to before pretty ironic that it happens in Curtis Candy Company's backyard he gets a home run to win the World Series for the Yankees against the Cubs and then that following now. year or shortly thereafter the Curtis Candy Company takes on a full, full-on billboard outside of Wrigley Field, um, Baby Ruth advertising, just kind of like to stick that knife back. <laughs> just rubbing it in, just in both ways. Like, hey, I've I've taken more money from your pocket, and then now I'm going to use that to piss off everybody in Chicago, which is kind of a weird move because, like, if they're based in Chicago, wouldn't you not want to piss off everybody there? That's probably well. I guess at this point, he could probably go more. I guess national. I mean everyone. Yeah, everyone in Chicago at this point doesn't. Probably doesn't like Babe Ruth for beating him in the World Series. And they're like, we got the, at least we got the Baby Ruth bar. He walks this fine line, it seems, through the entire process and just. He's pretty much like giving the middle finger, like, um, it is. Before, before the, I guess they go into a legal 
battle over it. it it does seem like Otto's a little bit more careful but but he's actually I mean he's he's using I mean the the gravitas of Babe Ruth to sell this candy bar and make it what it is and then I think after that he just really just goes into it and says hey obviously I can't be beaten in this case um and and, and just is going to use Babe Ruth almost as a, as a marketing tool as, as much as you can in the 30s and 40s. Getting into the 21st century, just seeing what Baby Ruth has, the Baby Ruth Candy Company, I mean, all of these people are, are, are long past at this point. But in, in 2006, they actually worked with the Babe Ruth estate to use him in marketing and they were the official candy bar of the Major League Baseball for a certain time. I kind of so. remember that. Like, yeah. they had the commercials with him in black and white, right? Yeah, and I think like so, And, like, he would yeah. kind of step out, and he would remain black and white, but everything around him was, like, colorized, I think. Or yeah, you now that you're saying that, I think I do remember. I didn't remember how they used him. Right? Yeah, that might yeah no, yeah, it's yeah, starting yeah. to all come back to me. Like, I remember <laughs> yeah. him chewing on the bar. I'm like... Mm. Here, we got some baby roots right here. Let's yeah. uh, let's open these up and, and try them out. Now, are, are you a Baby Ruth bar fan? I actually can't remember the last time I've had a Baby Ruth. No, me neither. Are so, these the ones that the Dick the, the same company, the same company who made these made Butterfinger, and I love Butterfinger. Yeah, Butterfinger. You're a Butterfinger the best, guy? They created the Butterfinger. So. Better not lay a butter on. Oh, they're in Parsippany, New Jersey. So we're they trying out the Baby Ruth bar right here. Um, it's an interesting looking nougat bar. What I know about Baby Ruth's history, too, is that Otto actually was trying to create a bar that everybody would love. Mm-hmm. So he was like experimenting uh, with all these different variations of candy and, and the, and the mix. And what he wanted to do was get savory and sweet, which is why you get the nuts and the salt. chocolate and the salt. He yeah. wanted like the five ingredients. I think it was four or five like uh, senses. He wanted to be able to smell it, mm-hmm. taste it. And that's why it became so popular is because it's like the pop music of yeah. bars or like a pop star of bars. Just like I gotta say they're really good, too. What were you saying before about what they look like? Oh, I was asking if these are the ones with the Dick Vane or if that's Snickers. I don't need a lot of candy bars. So. <laughs> I think that's Snickers, but yeah. what's the movie where... Caddyshack? Caddyshack. Uh-huh. Caddyshack, where it's a turd in the pool. Mm-hmm. See, that's how I most knew Snickers bars is... From Caddy Chat. Do the shit that mm-hmm. the quote unquote poop that somebody put in there. But also, pool. Peter and I used to work at uh, an ice arena in town during the winters. And then in the summers, a lot of the staff would work at the public pools and stuff. But I had one friend who, anytime he just didn't feel like working that day or he just needed like a break, him and the other lifeguard would just toss a baby Ruth in the pool and clear it out and be like, okay, guys, somebody shit in the pool. Got to get out. My bad. And I'm like, really? How many fucking baby roots did you guys put? He's like, oh, we probably put in like a dozen a summer. (laughs) A dozen baby root bars in the summer. That's incredible. (laughs) I could just see the guy that's like fishing them out and then like all the chocolate. What would be them? Because like afterwards you're supposed to do like an hour of like just bombing the pool with chemicals to get all the shit particles out. So wait, he... So they would just scoop it out and then just not do that part because they knew it was chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good move. I think baby root bars are also in the Goonies. Yeah, like it that. is. They used to feed it to, um, what's his name, the big monster. Yeah. So it seems like Babe Munch Ruth. I, I don't know. You were saying that they worked with the Babe Ruth estate, but it just sounds like Babe Ruth lost a lot of potential royalty money. He must money. have, yeah. I mean, if, if we think about what the effects of that were could have been, um, I mean, you got to think he's getting a certain percentage of, uh, of those sales at that time. And I, I, I'd, I'd probably think it's more than he would have made as a as a professional baseball player probably i mean time. if if he had something that was like in perpetuity too mm-hmm. like some sort of deal like that but 
obviously Otto just did not want to share any of the money that he was. He knew that he was going to make. He knew well, he I knew he that, had he knew he had something, and he didn't want to share anything with the guy that was most synonymous at that time that he named his mm-hmm. bar after. Well, I feel like if Babe Ruth hadn't tried to start his own candy company and had rather instead come to Otto and been like, "Hey, Otto, baby, let's make a deal <laughs> over here." It probably would have been great all right. Babe Ruth impression, by the way. Just <laughs> yeah. like spot on. Uh, I don't know how the guy talks. I never listen to him. <laughs> never... Just assume he played on the Yankees, right? Yeah. So he probably talked to like... Could have cast him instead of a... Who was it in the Sandlot? Gene Hackman, I think. Yeah. Had him as... yeah. <laughs> Too bad you were like six at yeah, the time or something like that. Well, you know what? Reboot. People, call me. I'm available. But yeah, I think if he probably would have gone to auto first and tried to been like, hey, man, like, so you're making this thing. You're using my name. Like, you scratch my back. Just, I'll scratch yours. Like, let's make something happen here. Otto probably would have been amicable to that. I just feel Maybe. like. I don't know the fucking guy, but. True. I just feel like based off of the story, he Otto is just very much uh, a guy who is trying to make his fortune in a time when people were trying to make their fortune. I mean, mm. you hear a lot of stories around the turn of the century where it, it was like cutthroat. You know, if it wasn't you, it was going to be, you know, the Hershey company. So I, I also wonder, you know, he's this is this is a guy who's trying to compete with Hershey because Hershey is starting to also be a big sort of candy company mm. at the time, too. So you need something that's going to be better than the very popular Hershey bar, which now is very bland. I I don't enjoy a Hershey I've bar. Never, I mean, I've never been. I think I think Reese's like puts them like. Oh, Did you know that Reese's of... actually worked for Hershey? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a uh, he was like he worked. I thought that on was just product. like a creation. I didn't know that was actually a person. No, and he actually worked on it. Ironically, John in, Reese or something. Yeah, okay. John Reese. John Reese actually worked on it while staying on the Hershey grounds. So he gets fired at Hershey and then ends up still living literally feet away from the main building. <sighs> and he's just developing right? this Reese's product really? in their backyard. And then at one point, Hershey figures it out that he's doing that and he wants to get in on it. No, I think no, it's I more popular than story in there, but that's a good, that's a good, uh, I know history lesson a good too, right there. Oh, but sorry. back, back to Harry Reese, Harry Reese. No, totally. <laughs> John Reese. John Reese. John Reese is, I think yeah. somebody that it seems he's the good. guy who like killed Kennedy. I, yeah. <laughs> God. James and John Wilkes. He I, killed him with diabetes too. That I, was just a forest. I feel like John Reese. If we just did not uh, correct ourselves there, everybody was just been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Reese. John Reese is perfect. Yeah, these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. What Otto also did in in, in the court proceedings, which I think helped, I guess, like pull a fast one in a way over these courts. Like you said, I don't know if if they were as well versed in the implications of what this could mean to ultimately Babe Ruth's heritage and, and, and his potential um, life fortune and things like that. But in, in the court proceedings, Otto also pointed to a, a medallion that was essentially made for the, the Cleveland family um, back in the 18, late 1890s, early 1900s, and it had Baby Ruth on there for the, the daughter. And the font or whatever used on that medallion was very similar to oh. the the word mark and, and, and the trademark that was on the candy at the time. So that was more proof they used to say, hey, this is for the, the, the baby Ruth, the daughter of Grover Cleveland. And that seemed to also help them in, in that case. But 
Yeah, I, I think it would probably be a lot different if that case was tried today and it was in oh, for sure. Judge Bar. It just it really other. seems like he, as I was saying before, he just is walking this fine line and he gets really lucky through the whole process. You know, like I, I maybe he did. Maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He did name it after that, knowing that this there was a connection to the most that famous be, person I mean, in the world. He might be one of the smartest people in the world then. Right? That's what I mean. He was like, he was right there at the right time to use the right thing and then be like, oh, yeah, I used it for a president. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. Baby, the president's daughter died so many years before that, but at least it wasn't like the 80s or the 90s. And it was like, yeah, that was like almost 100 years ago. Right, at right, least it was right. there. So he was like almost right there at the right time and was able to use all these things. And it's like, what if there was no medallion? Does that change how this whole thing yeah. plays out? I'm also, yeah. I mean, I'm I obviously, I don't know who we could ask about the actual quality of the bar back in the day and, and, and how it was received at launch, but. I'm curious how much of the success of the candy was uh, attested to people maybe thinking it was a Babe Ruth bar or maybe it was just a really good candy bar. I have Mm -hmm. to believe that they saw the name Baby Ruth and it was synonymous with somebody that was loved by everybody in the country. I mean, yeah, if you weren't, uh, if he wasn't on your team, you probably hated that, but he was the first real, I feel, I could be wrong, but he seems to be the first real like sports per, like superstar. sports superstar yeah. personality that people really were like I gotta listen to these games I you know I have to be a part of this history I mean you see that throughout like he's like the Michael Jordan or the LeBron James as we were saying of his day but it was even more special because there weren't really anybody before that that at least we know I'm sure there were people that were famous but you know now yeah. things are getting more national news is getting more national. Uh, the way that things are distributed can finally start moving around. So instead of having these local pockets, you're starting to get that. But I can't imagine that, you know, people didn't look at that and go, I'll definitely try it because it kind of sounds well, like I mean, my, that, my yeah, that's, that, that's the point, too. I think it, it and this is this goes for licensing in, in the food and beverage space in general is, is, is that brand can help help get you someone to, to try something new and, and maybe exactly. try it. the folks are trying the candy but then there's also the piece of it where that still needs to be a good candy bar it still needs to be something good or else people aren't gonna mm-hmm. buy it again yeah for um, sure so i mean it, it, he he must have had a, a good candy bar but it definitely helped that folks knew of babe ruth at the time to 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 purchase it and And that's a that's it. the thing with licensing too as you alluded to you know right you need a product that's going to be good but to get somebody to buy it, you need some sort of eye-catching either packaging or a name. And it seems like at that time, too, before packaging could really be like any color and all this stuff that we see today, the name was more important than really what was on the outside. Because right. I'm sure the packaging was just, you know, basic from what they could do at that time. I think it was like a... Uh... I don't know, it was like a cream color and a red, red <laughs> like baby a cardboard box. Like. Yeah, dude, I'm willing to bet though that the taste is probably bitter than it is today. But B- more bitter, more no better, more better, more better, better than it is today. <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably way better. Because I mean, like, there's three of the ingredients in here are high fructose corn syrup, like just three different times. I'm sure it, it had to have changed in terms of flavoration and mm-hmm. what it looked like. I'm sure the the five ingredients, as I was alluding to, the caramel, the nuts, the nougat, the chocolate that that was the same. But what is in that now? Mm-hmm. How that is created is probably different. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to bet it was probably better then because the ingredients were more fresh and real. 
Now, it's funny, growing up, because I, I wasn't the biggest baseball fan, I never really made that connection of Baby Ruth to Babe Ruth. So maybe there is a little thought there that mm-hmm. other people weren't really making that connection. But again, I wasn't living there, mm-hmm. living during the time of Babe Ruth. <laughs> so I could be thinking differently at that time. Only we had someone to ask. Yeah. Right? Anyone have a 100-year-old grandpa? Or something <laughs> yeah. No, they're all dead. Can we just... <laughs> can we just <laughs> does anybody have like a video somewhere saying, you know, I had the best Baby Ruth bar thanks to Babe Ruth out there. Oh, time to get on YouTube. The, the Sandlot gets played enough. And like if you grow up as, as a sports fan or particularly a baseball fan as a kid, you've probably seen The Sandlot. you probably have read like... But I remember, I guess, probably like when I was a kid in the library, you'd go get like the the biographies of of famous sports stars that were made for like 10 year olds or whatever. And like, I feel like that's how I learned about maybe like the historical figures of the sports that I liked. So I wonder if kids even today um, maybe think about that or make that connection or even care to. That's Uh, true. I mean, the further we. Oh, I found the original rapper. Oh, nice. Truth about the origin of the name of the baby Ruth candy bar. We're doing that right now. <laughs> Today I found out. Okay. Do we have customer testimonials? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I would just love to see that there, somebody was like, you know what? I feel like somebody will need a YouTube video at some point of customer testimonials from the 1920s. I would love to know if they even did that back then. The you National know? Association of Manufacturers did a little short video about them. Back in the 30s. Interesting. But it just seemed to be like the Wild West at the time. Yeah, I was going to say what how... food law. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing. That's yeah. a good point. There's I don't no know FDA. how they would... I don't know how they would have even... I, I, I'm curious how they would have even structured it if there would have even been as something as formal as, as like you said, the license agreements you see today. Yeah. Um, it, it probably would have been more of the... The, the handshake in the in the back room bar or something yeah, like right. that. I would love to understand the compliance side of that too. You know, there's a there's a whole arm of of licensing after you you make a product and you launch it and everything's going well. Is so the compliance how well? You know, are they reporting the right royalties? You know, we have so many different you know agencies and arms and and programs and companies that can track all that for you today. But yeah. like back then, like even if he even if Otto went to Babe Ruth and he was like, look, all right, you know, I'll give you like you know nine cents on the on the dollar for every, you know, for every Babe Ruth bar I sell, you wonder like how much money. Been hard. They were five yeah. cents. They were five cents a candy bar. And then like, as, as it keeps going, it's like if the Baby Ruth bar maybe was around for, you know, 10 years, that's easy to do. Right. Okay. A couple of years of a program going, you're, you're totally fine. You can, you can watch that, but it's like, it's almost been a hundred years, maybe more. Right. Uh, since like this is launched. So, you know, that's multiple teams and, you know, the companies get bought this. I would love to know if they had done some sort of licensing agreement early on, how long that would have stayed that yeah, way before the Cur- they moved Curtis Candy Company, I mean, that changed hands a number of times. Oh, yeah. Over the years, whether it was... Got to sell you. Nestle, I think, had it the longest afterwards from, I think, 1990 to 2018. And then when they got out of, they got out of the candy business, that's when it got sold to Ferraro. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there have been a lot of just changing of hands of that. I'm sure the lo- the licensing agreement, the first one, if if they if they had done that, would have go- probably been done after the first change. You know, you see that a lot of times with with companies when there's a buyout or something. I mean, that's why you need to put that in your agreements to make sure that like if there is a buyout on your program, you're not just out because the new people might not want to do licensing or they think like, how can we? make more money off the product that we're doing. 
And I'm sure after a while it'd be like, well, this isn't really anything to do other than the name with Babe Ruth. So we should probably restructure this yeah, either to a lower royalty or just to none at all. I don't know if you would have had the Baby Ruth bar now. That would have lasted for a hundred years to your point. Maybe it would have been, it could have been the same type of bar in, in exactly the same format, but they probably would have some brand team or, or whatever it was could have come up with a whole new. Yeah. Cause I know, I know from, product, from my research on it, he was Otto was just like scratching his head and coming, trying to come up with all these different names for what the baby Ruth bar. And it just, it's, it is funny that it just, once he settled on it being called the baby Ruth bar, it just exploded in popularity as a candy bar. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's the, as I said, it's the pop star of candy bars, but at one point it has to really take on the name um, as its driving factor. I love this quote on here. A complete luncheon for five cents. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. While I was on the YouTube, I was seeing a whole bunch of commercials that they did in the past that were really funny that featured a whole bunch of celebrities and stuff. Like They were using, at one point, this guy Hawkman or something Hawk to Man. advertise, and then they had this guy, the Blur, who kind of seemed like superheroes. Like all those failed superheroes? Yeah, <laughs> no, it was really <laughs> weird. Tried. Hawkman was like... He had this like hawk little crown on and then like this armband that kind of resembled like some kind of fascist armband mm. with like little sun on it or something. Like, what well, we've got the Batman, they, so uh, what they, other hawk They had the 1995 good. one with Babe Ruth where they took scenes from him uh, at the baseball field. Then there's one with Gilbert Gottfried mm. I saw in there. That was probably the best commercial that they ever did was with <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. It seems like uh, Babe Ruth finally was able to get his due with that bar after yeah, his, it's just in 1995. Goes, so like yeah. he lives his whole life knowing that well, only he 80 years up. later. Yeah, only. <laughs> so and he's just he's just out of all that, and then I feel like that's another strategic thing that yeah. that whole company they're like, all right, now that he's dead, now we have to just you know talk with his family about this. Like, let's uh, let's finally include him because yeah. if if they had done that early on, the yeah. court would have been like, all right, I see now let's there is a connection. Right. Let's yeah. make this right. Eight years, later. right? <laughs> They did by being like, yeah, we'll put your stuff in a in a commercial, <laughs> and I'm sure funny. all the footage is just like owned by like another agency. Once the, once or the baby like Ruth mm-hmm. bar is like a ten million dollar a year bar, versus <laughs> once we've made million dollars all of our fortunes, yeah, now we'll cut you in a little bit. How's <laughs> yeah. how's twenty thousand dollar advance? Yeah, we'll go with a with a fifty thousand guarantee at the yeah. back end. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I, I think the biggest thing for me that 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 was interesting to think about is just how. I don't think you can see that. I don't think that would ever happen today. Unfortunately, you need these types of problems to happen in order to pave the way for how it is in the future. Yeah, it shows how much of it is is still evolving, and I think it's always going to be evolving. We were joking around about the, the right-click slate, right-click save, and the yeah. NFTs. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think all of that's going to be interesting, too, when you're talking about what you own and, and how you own it. And I think this was one of the very early cases of that. And mm-hmm. also the value of what you're owning, right? So mm-hmm. the value of owning a, you know, the rights to the name of candy bars, the value is the, what you're eating. But it is going to be interesting. We'll have to listen to a podcast in a hundred years from now to yeah. see yeah. how you know <laughs> NFTs were able to break through, and you can actually this make. I had money this picture of, of a monkey, of but then the other guy put it on something. Yeah, else. and he had a monkey. That's what I did to my friend who showed me his NFT. I just took a picture of it on my phone I'm like look dude i got your <laughs> nft now it's mine for free well, how much yeah. did you pay for it oh 30 grand cool I'll, people yeah. are paying a lot for these things I, and i'm they're paying heaps i don't understand them i, th- I think it's just kind okay. of the hype right now but 
Are you guys at IMG like focused on on NFTs right now or crypto? A, a, a little bit. Um, I think we're evaluating, especially in licensing, how. I guess I'll, I'll take a step back. I think overall at, at WME and Endeavor more broadly, I think the company is looking at, and I think everybody is like, are these to the point we just made? Are these ownable assets, and and, and how are they? Um, how can they be used as potentially talent or anything like that? And then from a licensing standpoint, are they buildable brands that are licensable and, and, and have fandom? And I think the jury's still out on how to utilize these IPs via licensing, but clearly people hold, believe they're valuable and, and, and put value to it. So that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, you could sell one Is NFT for a lot of money or you could sell multiple NFTs for a lot of money too, you know, where it's like, it's a, it's a smaller price point, but you're going to get more people buying it. So you'll yeah. still get your revenue. What would be a really funny <laughs> and ironic one or <laughs> really circling back from NFTs to baby Ruth is if <laughs> baby Ruth did an NFT where they did <laughs> Babe Ruth cards, <laughs> digital Babe Ruth cards. <laughs> They should 100% do it. But you also get like a picture of the the, the kid. Yeah. The baby Ruth. She's actually Baby Ruth. She just loves Babe Ruth before <laughs> before she died. Wait, Babe Ruth wasn't a thing. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's from the kid. I did this for your beautiful little girl that deceased 12 years ago. I did this for you, El Presidente. All right, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about a lot of different things, but talking about the Baby Ruth bar and how that has anything to do with licensing. Uh, a lot of these times when we talk about a lot of the food things that we see, uh, we know have just become something that we've all seen everywhere. It just, you never know what the history is. So it, thank you for coming in and, awesome. and talking about that. And I, I'm excited to eat the rest of this knowing where it is. And uh, I hope to have you on a, on another episode cool. of the yeah, Royals yeah, yeah. Report. For sure. Thanks guys. Yeah.